welcome to Development Matters, uh, the podcast of the London International Development Centre. I'm Anna Mary. The Leverhulme Centre for Integrative Research on Agriculture and Health, known as ELSERA, has recently been awarded funding from the Wellcome Trust to lead a pilot research project on health and sustainability aspects of palm oil. The research project, named POSH, uh, which stands for uh, Palm Oil Sustainability, Health and Economics, is led by two Alcera members. Uh, Bhavani Shankar is Professor of International Food, Agriculture and Health at SOAS, University of London. And Richard Smith uh, is Professor of Health Systems Economics at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. Uh, they are both in the studio with me today. Uh, Bhavani and Richard, hello and welcome. It's great hello, to have you here. Uh, so first of all, congratulations on securing the Wellcome Trust grant. Um, but why palm oil? Isn't it just one of many foods that we produce and consume? It is. Um, it is one food, but it is a very important food um, because it's a food that finds its way into lots of other foods that we eat. Um, it's omnipresent, it's ubiquitous, it's everywhere in the food system, in the modern food system, in many, many countries. Um, in Asia, uh, but also elsewhere in the world. It's in biscuits, it's in noodles, instant noodles, uh, it's in certain milk products, it's in chocolate, it's in confectionery, um, a whole range of products, uh, especially products that are processed, highly processed. Um, in the 1970s, palm oil was an insignificant um, oil. It was really small percentage of world edible oil production. Um, but it's grown phenomenally in the last 30 years, and it's, it's, it's the top oil in the world now, the most consumed edible oil. And it's been growing at uh, something like 2.5 million metric tons a year. So it's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, so it's a very important food for all those reasons. Um, and Welcome Trust Sustaining Health Initiative actually brings together um, nutrition, health, and environment in, within one framework. And palm oil is an important food from all those perspectives. Yes, it is. Um, I mean, the big challenge, of course, facing us, facing us in the world is how we're going to feed 9, 10, 11 billion people as we go forward and populations grow, and to do that sustainably. And sustainably usually means environmentally, but obviously there's issues to do with sustainability from a health perspective, sustainability from an economics and a trade perspective. And the, the key problem is that uh, most analyses are always done from one of those points of view. And then you will have clear arguments between my point of view and your point of view. Uh, and it's very hard getting a, a kind of a resolution between them to decide what's the best thing to do overall. And palm oil is a fantastic case study when it comes to food and nutrition because it's, it's huge, as Bhavani said, it's a huge uh, oil and it's used so ubiquitously. Um, and there's good reasons for that. Um, but it creates this uh, huge case for trade-offs between some of those elements of environment and health and economics. So in terms of our project being a pilot project, which you mentioned, it provides us with a platform to try to assess how you can build those elements together in a coherent picture to make a kind of a more holistic decision on the good and the bad around these sorts of, uh, these sorts of products. So uh, palm oil is this somewhat exotic ingredient for many consumers, especially in Western countries. However, as, as Bhavani um, said, uh, palm oil is lurking in more products um, in the supermarket than most people are aware of. 
Um, and definitely it is an ingredient that's surrounded by many controversies. Um, so um, let's try and unpack um, a few of these. So first of all, is palm oil a healthy food at all? I mean, that's, that's always a difficult one to answer. Whether any food is healthy or unhealthy is a bit of a normative um, statement. Um, there's lots of debates. I think it's very clear that palm oil is very high in saturated fat. That's the key element here, um, really. So if we think about other oils, if we think about um, uh, canola oil is about 7% saturated fat, sunflower 12%, olive oil 15%. These are oils that most people listening will have used. Um, something like lard, which is seen as a really bad thing to use, is a, uh, around 43% fat. Um, palm oil's over 50% saturated fat, so it's clearly really high in saturated fat. We know saturated fats associated particularly with um, cardiovascular disease, um, so clearly from that point of view, um, that's going to lead to poor, poor health outcomes. Um, but of course, then there are other reasons uh, why the oil might be used. Uh, uh, it's used for to generate other food products which might have other healthy elements to them, so it enables the preparation of those things. There's lots of issues around uh, substitutions. So is it that we're using palm oil instead of no oil, or are we using it instead of another sort of oil? And so how big would the health benefit be in terms of the substitutions uh, that are there? And then there's wider issues which we might get into as we go through the discussion around uh, its its role in uh, in enabling um, food to be cheap enough for people to buy and and to consume, versus other oils which may be more expensive and make these foods more expensive, and reduces calorific intake and various things. So in certain circumstances that could be bad. It could be worse than not using it. So it's quite tricky. But that's why, as we said earlier, it's bringing together the core elements around the aspects of health, but also with the aspects of environment, nutrition, trade, economics, and bring them together to say, in any context, what's a good outcome here related to palm oil? So let, let, let's think about those um, other aspects then. So, um, Bhavani, from an economist's point of view, um, what are the, the benefits of palm oil, uh, for example, um, to producers in developing countries? Uh, there are some huge economic benefits um, and indeed the economics of it is why it's so popular and why it's so ubiquitous in the food system. Uh, palm oil, you can produce about um, 10 times more palm oil from every hectare that you put into edible oil cultivation than you can with its biggest competitor, which is soybean oil. So 10 times the yields of soybean in terms of oil per hectare. That gives it a massive advantage. That makes it very cheap. Um, and that means it's everywhere. Um, and that means a lot of people are benefiting from it. Um, producers uh, in many parts of the developing world, uh, Malaysia and Indonesia, especially Thailand, but also parts of West Africa, it's, it's a very big crop. And it provides those benefits to those people. So we shouldn't forget that. And also, we shouldn't forget, as Rich very rightly mentioned, the consumers. Um, it's... When, when palm oil enables cheap oil availability, that's a, that confers a benefit to consumers as well. So we all want cheap food. Um, in developing countries uh, where there are lots of problems with hunger, um, cheap food is something that's very important, So and palm oil enables that. So there are economic benefits. 
but at the same time, there are substantial potential uh, disadvantages from the health and the environmental angles. <clears throat> and what our project wants to do is capture those trade-offs again. It's a word that uh, Richard has mentioned before, and that's right at the heart of what we're trying to do is to make those trade-offs very explicit. It's also often times that some crops are able to be grown in certain places where others aren't. So it's always the case worth considering. Sometimes we, we, we think about that certainly in other areas around um, meat production mm -hmm. versus cereals. There's an assumption if we're not producing the meat, somehow the farmers will magically be able to produce cereal crops in the mountains of Scotland or somewhere. And it might it is well the case within, within palm oil that there are certain areas where it will grow and that many of the other oils will not. So again, for the, for the farmers and often their subsistence um, or their, 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 um, uh, their small farmers uh, in these areas, then that creates a big um, uh, difference for them in terms of their income, in terms of what they can grow, what are the options for them with their land that they have. And palm oil will be massively important to them as individual householders or farming, small farming groups um, in areas where it's very difficult to grow other things. So there's lots to consider, and that's why it's important to try to consider as many of these things as possible when, when thinking of the issue, rather than coming at it from just one single lens, which is what we tend to do, unfortunately, in many of these circumstances. But that's why this initiative by Wellcome Trust is so exciting, that they're bringing together these different areas deliberately to look at this broad aspect of sustaining health, not so the narrow aspect. Let's look at the um, environmental aspect um, of it now. So you know, we, we often hear in the media um, that palm oil cultivation is a major cause of deforestation, which um, destroys animal habitats. I think everybody has read about the Indonesian orangutan. Um, so um, is palm oil cultivation unsustainable? And if so, is, is there any way of making it um, sustainable, Vani? Yes, there is. Uh, there is a lot of research surrounding this. There is a lot of initiative surrounding um, more sustainable palm oil. There is uh, famously, notably, there is the Roundtable on Sustainable Palm Oil, which is an initiative uh, which came in in 2004, I think, um, which is basically a, a certification um, system which provides certification that the palm oil that you're using in your food product is, and that you're buying, the, f the product that you're buying contains palm oil, but the palm oil is sustained from, is, is sourced from sustainable sources. Um, and that's quite an important initiative, and there's a lot of support for that from various stakeholders. The problem is it's still a, a pretty small fraction of the total amount of palm oil that's, that's produced. We've had sustainable palm oil the roundtable for uh, for a decade now, but deforestation in Indonesia, for example, continues at the same pace or or um, as as it was before. So uh, so the problem hasn't gone away because of the existence of these uh, schemes. Um, and one of the things that many researchers have pointed out is that something like the roundtable of uh, for sustainable palm oil. Um, doesn't necessarily bring in, for example, the big players in this, the, the Indonesian government, for example, um, unless there is will on, and there is ability on part of uh, these big government agencies to act, um, then you're always going to have this problem. Um, and so our project is, a, a lot of our project is, uh, all of it is about policy making. And so, um, and so that brings in the policy dimension. 
So yes, so the short answer is that there are sustainability initiatives, but uh, they're not going to solve the problem by themselves. There has to be more concerted action at, at a high level. So clearly the picture is, is quite complex. Um, so how does your uh, project uh, fit into all that? Um, what do you plan to do and how? Okay, well, as we mentioned already, it's a pilot project. So the question is, what's it a pilot of? What are we trying to do? So I think a couple of things. One is that the, the core of it is this idea that there are these dimensions to any of these problems um, facing us in the world today, there's going to be multiple dimensions. There's the environmental, the health and nutrition, the trade and the economic in this particular circumstance. So how do you bring those together in a coherent way, in a framework that makes sense to all of those parties, that reflects all of their needs, all of the relevant evidence from those areas? How does it attempt to make sense of that to say, so a policy to do X on palm oil, to tax it or to subsidise something else. Does that make sense? And to who does it make sense? And who stands to lose and win? And bring those things together. That hasn't been done at all, uh, not just in this area. So we are. that's why we're piloting. It's a big endeavour um, uh, to do. So the piloting is to do that using palm oil and using one single country, which is Thailand, which we haven't really mentioned yet, which we, which we could talk about. Um, and then we want to build on that and scale up and do more at a regional level. It's very much a, a regional issue in terms of product, production of this oil in, in terms of Southeast Asia. Um, and then go from there. So that's a key thing. That's what it's a pilot of. But second, really, we want to sort of, uh, as Vivani said, it's all about policy. We want to consider and to develop an evaluative system uh, to look at policy options to try and improve the current situation to try to address deforestation, to try to address the negative health impacts of, um, of this, um, and to maintain the economic benefits where they exist and not you know, sort of negate those by, by the policies that we do. So by considering all those, those um, elements together um, to do that. So that's what we're trying to do. How are we going to do it? Could be a very long answer, <laughs> but I won't put you through that. The short version is we produce a, a very um, uh, detailed model of the country's economy. So we will take Thailand in this instance because they're a big producer and consumer of palm oil um, and have import-export markets. We take a big um, model of the economy. Then we build in components related to the health effects of not just palm oil consumption, but also the other substitutes, for example, that I mentioned earlier. If we stop consuming palm oil, that will have some health benefits, um, potentially. But if we switch it to consuming another oil, we need to take account of the fact that that will also have some health effects. We build in a land use component, which picks up the deforestation and the sorts of things that Bhavani talked about. And we, we bring those together. Then we run that over a several years into the future and see what things look like from a, an environment, a health and economic point of view for the farmers, for the agriculture sector and so forth. And that's kind of our baseline. And then essentially we run lots and lots of policy simulations. We say, what if we had a tax on palm oil to make it less desirable? Demand would reduce for that. What would that mean for health? That would impact into the economy in terms of people would be more productive. Uh, it would impact on imports and exports. So you filter it through the whole system and the health and the demographics and these all feed back on each other. 
and you get to your end point of say 20 years and you say does the country look in a better state than it was if we leave it to run through and we do that for all sorts of policies and we can start to see where the wins are where the losses are whether overall it looks good looks bad etc etc uh, right, so just to um, expand on that, you said uh, you mentioned the different disciplines that are invi- uh, involved in the project, such as health, agriculture, economics, environment. Uh, so I wonder uh, if you could say a bit more about what the advantages are of working in an interdisciplinary team um, for a project such as this one. I can. I mean, I've only ever known interdisciplinary teams, so I find it hard to imagine the advantage of not working in an interdisciplinary team. Um, I think it gets back to what we were saying earlier about you know problems facing the world are intrinsically and increasingly complicated, complex, multifaceted, wicked. Some people use that term. Whatever term it is, it means there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on there, and you need to try to unpack it. And coupled with the pace of development within any of our disciplines. Yeah, the expansion of journals and of numbers of academics working in it and producing information. The days of the sort of the true polymath are probably over, where you can master more than one discipline. The important thing is to master your own, but then to work together with those in other areas and to know enough to be able to sort of talk to each other and understand roughly what's going on. But also, particularly important is to respect the other discipline and that these people are experts in those areas and that they know what they're talking about. And then you work together on these core problems. And I think that's what's great about um, non-traditional environments like my school, London School of Hygiene, but also SOAS and many of the other colleges around here, is they're intrinsically about these kind of issues around development or health. And the disciplines are there for that. They're not there for the discipline on its own. And El Sira, that you mentioned earlier, which this is a project a part of, is absolutely in that way. It's a it's a, it's a consortium, effectively, of people from different colleges, like Bavani's essentially SOAS and I'm London School, um, working together on issues to do with integrating health and agriculture, at development focus. And this project is then just another, it's kind of a subset of, of that, where we have colleagues that are much more skilled in the macroeconomics that's needed here, much more skilled in the nutritional aspects, um, skilled in environment and trade, and we bring them together. And it's... Uh, not only is it phenomenally stimulating to do that, but also it's the only way we're going to get the job done these days when we've got these really difficult problems to try to solve. How are we going to feed 10 billion people sustainably? An economist on his own is not going to tell you that, or a nutritionist. We need to work together to do it. Well, thank you very much, um, Fanny and Richard, for sharing your views, um, and I wish you the best of luck uh, with your projects. If you want to know more and listen to previous episodes of Development Matters, uh, please visit the LIDC website, www.lidc.org.uk. Thank you for listening.